0: Good morning, we're glad you've joined us. I've entitled this message, Encountering Hard Circumstances, Part 2. And uh, we're going to begin by reading Acts chapter 4, beginning with verse 23. We're just going to read verses 23 and 24. We're actually going to make it a little further than that today. But uh, to begin with, we're going to read those two verses. So I'll give you just a moment to turn to Acts chapter four and verse twenty-three. Acts chapter four, verse twenty-three. Verse twenty-three says this: "And being let go, they went to their own company." Now that's Peter and John. They they were the ones that had been let go. They had been arrested. Uh, just prior to this, uh, the the day before. And so it says, "...and being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard that..." Now, that's a reference to all the people, all the other believers. "...when they, the, the other believers, heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord." and said, Lord, Thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you have made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. Lord, you are powerful, and you can handle anything that comes our way any difficulty that comes our way. You have the power and the knowledge, the intellect to handle it, the wisdom to handle it. And Lord, we pray that this morning as as we continue our study here in Acts, that you would show us things that you want us to know. Help us to have a clear understanding of what you want for us, of your will for our lives. God, I thank you for the the song service. I thank you for Michael and and Johnny and all the others that are taking part in this. God, we pray this morning that your perfect will would be done. In Jesus' sweet name we pray, amen. Now, last Sunday, we examined an early church event, uh, an early church circumstance that occurred very, very shortly after the beginning of the church. Now, when I say after the beginning of the church, that is not a reference to a building. It's a reference to the believers, those that believe in Jesus. They have a saving faith in Jesus. They believe He's the Messiah, and they have trusted Him as their Savior. That's the church. So this early church event occurred just shortly after the beginning of the church, which uh, began just about 50 days, or just at 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. We call that Pentecost, the beginning of the church. And so this event is just shortly after that. And so the, uh, this event, you would say, would be just over 50 days after the cross and after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we're going to continue an examination of this event, of this circumstance. Now, let's review the context. At the, be- uh, at the beginning of Acts 3, a lame man was healed. And this man had been lame since birth. And he had asked for alms. He had asked for mercy day after day. And then in verse 12 of Acts chapter 3, let me back up. In verse 6 of Acts chapter 3, Peter and John crossed this man's path. And Peter says these words, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to thee in the name of Jesus of Nazareth rise up and walk. Now that attracted a crowd and so Peter in beginning in verse 12 of acts 3 begins to preach and he preached boldly to this group that was in Jerusalem. He is at the temple preaching. he's as a matter of fact, he's on the portion of the temple called Solomon's porch. Now, Remember, just a few days prior to this, just over 50 days, a little over 50 days prior to this, Peter had denied that he even knew Jesus. But here he is, a changed man, and he is preaching boldly. Now, that's going to draw fire. That is going to draw a response from the enemy of the cross. Now, last week, we talked about three Bible truths that are important to remember. Uh, Brother Johnny just uh, mentioned those. They're especially important to remember when you're in the heat of the battle, when the temperature is high and things look really bad. The first Bible truth from last Sunday is that Satan hates the church. As a matter of fact, he hates God, and he hates you, and he hates me, because God loves us. And we see that demonstrated right here in this event, in this circumstance that we're talking about this morning. The second Bible truth from last Sunday is that God wants his people his, his people, the believers, he wants his people to submit to the work of the Holy Spirit. And we also see that happen in this event, in this circumstance. And then the third Bible truth from last Sunday is that God is able to take a hard situation and turn it into something truly amazing, something uh, very, very special, and we see that happen right here as well. Uh, God is the creator, and that's what these people had, had uh, said in their prayer. God is the creator, and he can handle anything that comes your way, anything that comes my way. Now, this morning, we're going to look at this early church event. We're going to continue our study of it, And we're going to zone in on prayer. Oh, we need to zone in on prayer. Here are the three points for this morning. And as I was studying for this, I was thinking, uh, there are a multitude of points that we need to talk about. And I had to zero it down to three or we would be here for a good portion of the day. And so we're going to talk about three points, and here they are. First, these believers, in this particular situation, these believers prayed God's Scripture back to God. Now let me say that again. Be sure and write that down. These believers prayed God's Scripture back to God. Now the second point we're going to talk about is these believers prayed for boldness. And then the the third point is this, these believers submitted to the work of the Holy Spirit. They submitted themselves to the work of the Holy Spirit. So now let's look at the first one, that they prayed God's Scripture back to God. Now let's turn back over to Acts Chapter 4 and verse 23. Let's begin there. I'm going to read all the way down now to verse 28. It says, And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard that, when that company heard that, when all those believers heard that, they lifted up their voice with one accord. They lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, Thou art God which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David hath said, Why did the heathen rage? And the people, imagine a vain thing, the kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against Christ. For of a truth against the holy child of Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatever or whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. God's word and God's work will not be stopped will not be destroyed by his enemies. His words are absolute truth. And his promises will be fulfilled. We can trust him. We can trust his words. Now these particular believers were referring to Psalm 2, verses 1 and 2. Uh, When they begin to pray, and they get down to verse 25, that is a reference. They're, They're praying Psalm 2, verses 1 and 2. Now listen to this psalm as I read it. I'm going to read it. You don't have to turn there. You can if you want. I'm going to read down through verse 4. It says, why do the heathen rage? This is right out of Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens, that's God, shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. You see, no matter how things appear, God Almighty, that is El Shaddai, is in control. He is in charge. You can count on Him. You can trust His words. This early church was being persecuted right from the get-go, right from the very, very start. But that persecution did not halt, it did not block, it did not impede God's words and God's plans. Now, look at verse 27. It says, For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus... Whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. They were against Jesus. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. In other words, they were still under God's control. They could do nothing unless God allowed it. And Jesus made that clear in John 19:11 when he was talking to Pilate he said these words Jesus said these words thou could ha- you could have no power at all against me except it were given thee from above you see these people were praying that God is able to use persecution even the evil of mankind to serve his own divine purposes He is in control during this coronavirus, this COVID-19 quarantine and social distancing and all those things. The Word of God has spread like a wave in new ways, in creative ways, Facebook and all those other ways that it's far above me and my ability. So these believers prayed the Holy Scripture back to God. They prayed the Bible back to God. Now this was not the only time that we see this happening. All the way back in the Old Testament this was happening. Where people that were following God, His people, were praying the Word of God to God. I'll give you a couple of examples. One is Nehemiah, the prayer of Nehemiah. You should write that down. It's Nehemiah chapter 1. And this afternoon, read that prayer. Nehemiah's prayer. He was praying what he knew about God, what God had said in Scripture. Nehemiah was praying it back to God. Another Old Testament example is Daniel. Daniel's prayer. In Daniel chapter two, I would encourage you to read that as Daniel praises God. He referred to what he what he knew about God from the Scripture. Now, listen in that prayer that Daniel was praying. It was it was uh, a difficult time. He was up against the wall because the king had put out the decree to destroy all the wise men. Daniel was one of those. And he prayed. It was a hot circumstance. And you look at Daniel's prayer, and Daniel is praying. He is, he is praising God using Scripture. Incidentally, I did an intensive study over Daniel a while back. I've told some of you this, and it changed my life. This man loved the Lord and he was devoted to serving God, no matter how hostile the environment. He was a devoted man. He had a deep relationship with God. And the Lord showed him things. The Lord showed him things about the end of time. As a matter of fact, to understand Revelation, you need to understand Daniel. He prayed Scripture back to God. And in our text this morning, we're all the way over in the New Testament, and they're praying Scripture back to God. That's probably a good example of what some of the content of our prayers need to be. Following the example of reading And studying God's Word and praying through it. See, what we're talking about here is the focus of our prayers being on God. We're talking about praising Him. That's what these people were doing. They were praising Him. We're talking about worshiping God. And my wife is a praying woman. Uh, I've told you before, I married up. I'm so thankful for her. She reminded me recently that as a people, we do not worship the Lord enough in our prayers. Many times our prayers are focused entirely on us. I know that historically has been an issue with me. Now, God wants us to bring our supplications, our requests to him. Yes, he does. But he wants the focus of our prayers to come off of us and onto him, to worship him. Jesus gave that example in Matthew 6 when he said, pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's worship. Now, how do we do that? It's all through Scripture. Uh, maybe Psalm 91 is a good place to start. That's where it says, The Lord is my refuge. I will trust in the Lord. Or maybe Psalm 36. I love Psalm 36. He says in there, How excellent is your loving kindness, Lord. Your Your faithfulness is high. Your mercy is high. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. So the first point this morning is that these believers prayed God's Scripture back to God. In doing so, they were worshiping Him. Now let's look at the second point. These these believers in this particular circumstance they prayed for boldness look at acts chapter 4 look at verse 29 this is in the, they're still praying and they say and now Lord behold their threatened their threatenings see the leaders were threatening them the leaders had told them be quiet don't don't speak about Jesus And Peter and John kept speaking about Jesus. I thank God for that. Look what it says in verse 29 now. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. With all boldness. Now, that word boldness in the Greek means this, openly. Openly. Speak openly. It also means this, fearless confidence. Boldness. And see, this is the boldness. This boldness is in light of, or it's in accordance with, Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8 is where, that's where Jesus, they're, they're quoting Jesus. Uh, the writer is quoting Jesus there, that they're to be witnesses to all the world, to the ends of the world. Let's see. This first church, this early church, was an Acts one eight church. This church, First Baptist Church of of Davis, is an Acts one eight church. Witnessing to the whole world, to our community, to those around us. Interestingly. They prayed for this boldness. It was the very thing that had gotten them in trouble in the first place. And yet they prayed for it. God, give us boldness. They didn't pray that the persecution would stop. Isn't that something? Now, Craig might have prayed, oh, Lord, please take this away. But that's not what they did. They prayed for boldness, not for the persecution to stop. Now, remember the book of James. Remember we came up through the book of James. James was the half brother of Jesus. You remember he, the Bible says, Jesus' brothers didn't believe his brethren didn't believe who he was when he was here, but after the or during the resurrection. Jesus met with James. James is a changed man, and he began to preach boldly. Of course, the book of James is the oldest book in the New Testament. Now, not the oldest book in the Bible. It is the oldest book in the New Testament. And so there is a a principle that we need to bear in mind when we study Scripture, especially New Testament Scripture. It's called the principle of first reference. The principle of first reference. You see, the Bible does not, contradict it, does not contradict itself. It builds upon itself. And so when we're studying something, in the New Testament especially, it's important to go back to James and see what James says. The principle of first reference. James said this in James 1.4. When you're in the middle of trials, when you're going through those difficulties... He said, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting or lacking nothing. Let patience have her perfect work. You see, God can get you miraculously out of the situation you're in. He can do that. But most generally, in Scripture, the pattern is, through the fire, through the persecution, through the difficulty, that's that's generally God's direction. And so, unless you have another direction that you receive from God, you know that God is calling you another way, then God's direction from Scripture is... Let patience have a perfect way. Just wait. Wait on God. Keep your eyes on God. Boldly proclaim the truth. Now let's review. The first point is that these believers prayed God's word back to God. That's an example of... Our prayers, what our prayers need to be, to worship God in our prayers. Second, they prayed for boldness, to be the witnesses God has called them to be. Now, will you pray for that this morning? Will you pray for that boldness, to be the witness that God has, He's calling you to be that. Let's go on and look at the last point. These believers submitted themselves to the work of the Holy Spirit. Now look at verse 31. It says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled. Can you imagine that? God shook that place. He was pleased with them. And then look at it, look what it says. It says, And they were filled... Excuse me, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the Word of God with boldness. Now, notice the last portion of that verse. After the semicolon, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the Word of God with boldness. See, that's exactly what they had prayed for, was boldness. Fearless confidence. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. See that that portion of Scripture where it says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, you remember this from last week. That has the idea in this passage as well of control or influence or to imbue. And that means to be saturated entirely. Every area of your life being saturated. Every aspect being saturated with the Holy Spirit. See, the context here is this. That these people were saved. They had the Holy Spirit in them. He was living in them. You have the Holy Spirit in you if you're saved. He's living in you. And they had submitted every aspect of their lives to Him. That's the idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit. The idea is that every aspect, every area, their their words, their thoughts, their plans, their ambitions, everything, they had submitted to the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean the idea that they get more of the Holy Spirit. The idea is that the Holy Spirit gets more of them. Every area of their lives. It says that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're listening this morning and you're saved, you have believed in your heart that Jesus died on the cross for you, that He took your punishment. And then He rose from the grave. He defeated death. He defeated sin. And He lives today. And He wants you to spend an eternity with Him. And you have called on Him to be your Savior. You are saved. If that's you, the Holy Spirit resides in you. But have you submitted every area of your life to him? Or are you holding back? Have you submitted everything to him? My wife reminded me, I know I've already mentioned my wife this morning, I want to mention her again. She reminded me recently uh, about Solomon. There was a time in Solomon's life, when he was wholly devoted to God. And this afternoon you could turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 6. And you could read the prayer that Solomon prays. This man was, at that time in his life, he was wholly devoted to God. To God Worshipping him in his prayers. You could see that in, in, in uh, 2 Chronicles 6. Solomon declares things about God that he knew from Scripture. He begins praying in in chapter 6 and verse 14. He prays all the way over to verse 42. That's the very last verse of chapter 6. And then in chapter 7 of 2 Chronicles, verse 1 says, Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And in verse 12 of 2 Chronicles, God says, I have heard your prayer. You read that prayer this afternoon. Verse 13 says this. God speaks in verse 13. God says, If I shut up the heaven that there be no rain, Uh, As if uh, the people have, have drifted, they've strayed, they've gone into sin. He says, if I shut up the heaven so that there's no rain, or if I command the locust to devour the land because of sin, because you've strayed, or if I send a pestilence among my people. Verse 14, you know verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land now I could stand up here boldly this morning and say that that is what God wants for you and I to humble ourselves and to pray And to seek his face and to turn from our wicked ways. Whether we're in the middle of a pandemic or whether we're on the mountaintop. To humble ourselves and to pray. That's what he wants. It's clear. To humble ourselves. Jesus said this. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Matthew 6. He went on to say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. His half-brother James said this in James 4.7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. That's talking to us. Right square at us. James 4.10 says this. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. And oh, I love this one. This is James 4 8. James 4 has some nuggets in it, some pearls in it. James 4 8 says, Draw near to God, and he shall draw near to you. He will. Listen, if you're saved, let me put it to you like this. Let me ask you, are you saved? Have you asked Jesus to be your Savior? If you haven't, I want to ask you something. What are you waiting on? God loves you. You can receive salvation this morning by asking Jesus to save you. That's what He wants. You can say, Lord Jesus, I believe that You died on the cross and that You rose again and that You took my punishment for sin. I'm sorry, Lord, for that sin. I repent of it. I turn from it. Lord Jesus, please save me. And He'll save you. He'll save you this morning. Now, Christian, I want to talk to you just a moment. We're almost done. Are your prayers all about you? Would you change that this morning? And begin to worship Him in your prayers. Praying Scripture back to God. Worshiping Him. Would you pray for boldness? To be the witness that God has called you to be. I I know you may be in a tough spot. You may be in a tight spot this morning. Maybe you're in the heat of the battle on the job or in your family. Or maybe there's a health issue or a, a, a financial issue. Maybe that's going on. Listen, those people around you, they don't need to see more of the world. They need you to be the witness boldly that God has called you to be. And let me ask ask you this, Christian. Listen to me now. Have you submitted every area of your life to God, to the Holy Spirit? Would you submit that to Him? Would you submit everything to Him? And seek Him first. I'm going to pray, and then we'll close. Heavenly Father, You have set the example for us by humbling Yourself, Lord Jesus, You have humbled Yourself to the point of death, the death of the cross. You've done that for us. You are faithful. You are merciful. You are forgiving. Oh, what an example for us. Jesus, You reminded us. That in this world we will have tribulation. But you told us to be of good cheer. For you have overcome the world. Oh Lord, if there is someone in earshot of my voice this morning that's unsaved. They've been playing around. They've been putting it off. Oh Lord, would you, would you knock on their hearts. Really, really hard. Oh God, I pray that they would call on you this morning for salvation. And Lord, I pray for every Christian that we would properly worship You, that our prayers would not be about us, but we would be focused on You and Your glory, Your praise. Oh Lord, that we would be the witnesses boldly that You've called us to be. Help us to be that, Lord, for You. And God, that we would submit every area of our lives to You. In Jesus' sweet name, for the glory of God the Father. Amen.